Hey everybody, welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Uh, today we're here to do something we haven't actually done before in the three years that we've been operational, I suppose. Uh, we're here to do a Q&A. Um, just simply answer some questions and things that you guys have sent in. Uh, we have a few questions here. Um, the reason this podcast hasn't happened before is, uh, well, usually when we get asked questions and stuff, we get things emailed in. It's usually two specific shows, so we just simply include it in the latest episode of whatever that is. Plus, I've never actually asked before for any Q&A questions. You guys you guys still could have, like, I guess sent them in or whatever, but I've never specifically said, hey, we're doing a Q&A podcast, uh, send in some questions. So I put that out, and uh, you guys uh, sent in some questions and stuff. Um, but joining me today is also my co-host, Robert. How are you doing today? I'm excited for this because I love uh, listener questions just because it reminds us that, hey, people are actually listening, mm. which I know sounds silly, but if nobody ever asks you questions, I mean, you can see the metrics to see people are listening, but, right. Right. you know, okay. the questions okay. means they actually care. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we should just jump straight in. There's no need for any kind of pre-talk, so... Uh, so these are, I asked basically for random pop culture or TV, video game and film questions. So all these are going to be quite different and obviously we'll, we won't spoil anything. So, uh, Jason says, what fictional vehicle would you like to, uh, ride or fly? Um, so we're both in a dis- different situation for this. I don't, um, drive, but I did fly a VR game today. So I got my first flying lesson before my first driving lesson. Anyway, um... You're a person that does actually drive, so maybe you might have a different answer or a different perspective, perhaps. Uh, what fictional vehicle would you like to fly or or drive? Oh, man, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> uh, but fictional vehicle tends to push my brain more into the sci-fi realm. Uh, so I'd have to say the Serenity from the Firefly TV series. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um... The only one that I think I'd like to drive is maybe like the Batmobile or something, which is interesting because you know I've never driven a car or anything, and obviously that would be a very fast vehicle. Um, but like other than that, I I this might sound strange, but I'm not quite as interested in fly in right driving like the DeLorean or like the Ghostbusters vehicle or or anything particular like that. And when I think of some of my favorite characters in fiction, you know, like Crash Bandicoot, Jack Bauer, uh, Woody and Buzz, and uh, a bunch of other characters, none of them have vehicles. Uh, I, I suppose the only other thing I could say is like web slinging, but like that's not a vehicle. So, because uh, Jack drives like random cars in 24, but he doesn't have the Jack Bauer vehicle. Um, Buzz and Woody, they don't drive anything really, apart from like the RC car maybe. Um, or bullseye, but that's like an animal, obviously. Um, and yeah, who else is there? Um, yeah, th- those sorts of characters. None of those characters drive something where I'd be like, hey, apart from yeah, the only one, other one being Batman, who has the Batmobile, like the Flash, obviously runs very fast and all that. I like his character. Um, but there isn't any others I can think of that drive like uh, specific vehicles. Um, I mean, you've got like. Uh, Del Boy and Rodney, who drive like their old banger from Only Fours and Horses. I don't think I want to drive that because it's not a great vehicle. Um, yeah, any others you can think of? The Batmobile's the only one I can personally kind of think of that I would want to drive. Well, you could actually buy uh, modification kits to make a car look like the Batmobile. Mm. Now they're not great quality and they kind of fall apart. But <laughs> if you're not looking to actually drive drive it just to have the vehicle, mm. it's doable. Um, outside of that, I mean. DeLoreans are not comfortable cars to be in. I've no, not ridden like in it. one, but 
I've seen a few, but I mean, anything with a gull wing doors is, has very bad designs to mm. it. Um, <clears throat> past that, I mean, I mean, there's the obvious choices, the enterprise, the millennium Falcon. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of going to stick with the uh, serenity. Cool. I, I would maybe say the millennium Falcon, but I think I'd probably just crash it. So, um, I mean, if you so, because I'll be uploading it probably tomorrow, uh, or maybe it'd be at the same time as when you see this. Um, I could kind of barely fly a VR plane, so for me to fly a great big like Millennium Falcon, not necessarily a great idea. Would it be fun? It might be fun, like outside of the logistic reasons, like would I crash it or not? It might be fun, but uh, yeah, the Batmobile is probably the only one. So yeah, just as a heads up, in case you got a wild hair to do it, the upcoming. Uh flight simulator that microsoft announced at e3 yeah that is very 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 heavy on the technical end it is not a sim racer it is basically a tutorial on teaching you on how to be a pilot with various kinds of aircraft nice uh bellamy you have spoken before about your favorite tv characters but who are your least favorite tv characters (laughs) well i already know your answer yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah. Um let's see. Least favorite TV characters. Uh you go ahead cuz I'm going to think about it for a second. Uh probably Damien Dark and like Skylar, I suppose. But Skylar was like plot relevant sort of annoying. Like it was kind of, it, it sort of made sense as part of the story. Damien Dark wasn't supposed to be annoying, I suppose. I mean, he was a villain, so you're supposed to not like him, but I've just found him, like, frustrating to watch sort of thing. Um, in terms of the Game of Thrones villains, they're all great villains that, like, sure, they do despicable things, like Joffrey and, and Ramsay and Cersei and that, but they're entertaining to watch and not annoying to watch. I found Damien Dark annoying to watch. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would I'd take Skylar off of the least favourite characters because she's still a great character, but... Um, She's supposed to be more annoying, where I don't think Damien Duck's supposed to be. So, <laughs> yeah, a, a great, a great villain, or at least a great antagonist. You're supposed to hate them because they exist, and right. you know Joffrey is a great for. example yeah. of being a great villain. Uh, I don't think there's ever a character I've actually hated. Uh, there's been a lot of plot points that I've hated. But I don't ascribe that to the actors. They're just reading the lines written by the writer. So I ascribe mm-hmm. that either either a mix of to the writers who wrote it or to the uh, directors that allowed it. Because directors do have veto power, in a sense, on lines and scripts and plot points. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I don't think anybody has actually annoyed me to the point like, to where I remember it, at least. Right. Like a character that you look at and you say, I want you to get off of the screen sort of thing. Um <sighs> Yeah, because yeah, uh, nothing is, jumps out at me. The thing was with Damien Dark, not only was he annoying to watch, but it was like he's so involved with the power he has over Oliver and how easily how easily he could have killed Oliver in like thirty five different scenes, probably for twenty three episodes. Um, was yeah, so, so that was a that's pretty that's a pretty prime example of like not only do I dislike you, but you're actually like kind of disrupting the whole flow of the season and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and I and I gotta admit I do give the actor a bit of a pass on that just because I have seen him in better stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I I can see where he was. See, I'm familiar with some of his other work, so I see where he was drawing from. He just didn't have either a director that could get him to where he really needed to go, or he didn't have the authority to go where he really needed to go. I think he could have gone a lot better direction. As you know, if you can find it on your streaming service, uh, watch an old uh, FX series called Justified. Uh, it stars Timothy Oliphant as a uh, U.S. Marshal based out of Kentucky. Uh, but they, uh, the uh, the character is a villain in like the first couple of seasons, mm-hmm. and he's really good at being a villain in that. Cool. Nice. Uh, Laura says, two uh, similar questions for you. What shows do you think could have lasted... Uh, sorry, what shows do you think could have lasted uh, too long, and what shows do you think had lasted... Um, She's trying to ask too long and too short. Like, what se- what shows should have had more seasons and what shows should have had less seasons? I suppose. So, mm-hmm. um, see, here's the thing: when I look at things that are long running, so like a Supernatural or a Grey's Anatomy or like a Simpsons, things that are like, okay, you're in fifteen plus seasons at that point. Um, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy or Supernatural, so I don't know. I literally couldn't tell you if those shows have dragged out their plots or not. Um, I like the Simpsons. Like I, I don't know what they're doing in season thirty-four or whatever they're in now. Um, I, I, I could point out a few shows that are like, okay, I'm still watching this, but you should probably end soon. One of them at the moment, I would maybe say, is like the hundred. Um, has kind of gotten to the point where I'm not sure what else they could really do with it, that sort of thing. Um, and they've kind of covered for the most of the ground. Like you need to kind of realize at a certain point, okay, have you told all the stories that you could tell? in this world and with these characters and like should you just kind of wrap up so um i mean the show that i'm looking at at the moment that i want another season for is obviously 24 um see that's the thing even with scream season three it wasn't like i we want another season it's we've got another season we just didn't know where the hell it was for like three and a half years um so yeah the only other show at the moment i really want one more season of is uh 24 probably so how about you uh, well, I definitely think that Supernatural did go all along longer than it should have. Uh, not that it, it wasn't bad. Uh, it's just that the way they, the writers had kind of set up the writing, the show essentially ended in season five. Okay. And they're getting ready to start season 15. <laughs> uh, they didn't obviously end it in five, but the way the story did for the finale, it could have easily wrapped up in five. And then once they got to season 10, which is when I stopped watching, they were just the, the you know, the sequential series-long baddie of the season. They were just running out of bad guys. They just kept popping random people in, and they'd bring back characters that had been dead for three years. And then the last one I tried to watch, which was like halfway through season 12, they were in an alternate dimension bringing characters back. And I'm just like, okay, Shark has officially been jumped. Okay. I got other things to do. Um, <laughs> as for a show that you know could have gotten a couple more seasons, I would definitely go with Dollhouse. Okay, it had a great concept. Uh, the problem was is that about two thirds through the way the first season, it was typical Joss Whedon a la Firefly in that the studios were looking to cancel it. Even though it was a great concept, it wasn't getting the greatest ratings, but it had such an original premise that they really couldn't compare it to anything else. And then they kind of wrapped up the season in a really weird way, knowing they were going to get a second season. 
And then the studio came out and said, hey, if we have really, really great sales of the box set DVD, we'll give it a second season. Mm-hmm. And then it had really, really, really great sales. And so they gave it a second season. So then they had to meld what they had already wrapped up and unravel as well as the new stuff in the second season. And the second season was even more convoluted than the first season. Hmm. Um, it's one of those shows that if it had been given like a guaranteed three season block, they could have really developed the world and really developed the story and had a great show that could have ran six, seven seasons easily. Um, it's kind of like uh, uh, Stargate. You know, we had one movie, which was pretty good. And then we had the TV show, which expanded on the world that it created. And they gave it a few seasons to really build the world. And then we got a couple spinoffs. And then we got a couple of directed movies. And then so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever seen a dollhouse? Uh, no, I don't think I have. No, I haven't. So. Uh, the basic premise is, is that the dollhouse is a group of people that get hired out by rich people to do whatever. But the catch is, is that they go through a complete memory wipe and personality transformation. So they're literally blank slate dolls that get whatever personality needs to be for whatever assignment. Okay. Like there's one episode to where a producer is looking to hire somebody to be a bodyguard in hiding for his pop diva client. And so the they bring out a female doll and they give her dancing skills and martial arts skills. So she's basically a backup dancer and also her bodyguard. Okay. And so these are skills that they just imprint on her brain because they have the technology. And the whole first half of the first season is them basically building that world of the dolls being dolls. And, <clears throat> and then it just kind of goes off the rails from there. But it's a great concept, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what other seasons... Because, uh, like I said, with the thing with certain shows that are in season 15, I, I don't know what the plot currently of Grey's Anatomy is, so I couldn't tell you if they've dragged the, the show out. But it is kind of a thing where I see, like, okay, Grey's Anatomy has been renewed for two more seasons. I kind of do think, like, okay, what story are they currently telling in the show in season 15? It's just, like, a, a curiosity thing of, like, okay, you've still got, like, some of the same characters, as far as I know, or whatever. Um... It's like, okay, what do you... I mean, I get it. It's like a hospital drama or whatever, and you can have new patients constantly probably coming in, and you get new stories out of that and stuff. Uh, and it's not, and that's kind of a good idea as well, because then your characters are, always have something to do. Because um, you could kind of probably cut between scenes where, like, you can slow things down, have conversations with characters, you've got the relationships outside the hospital probably, and then, like, okay, let's just have a situation where a bunch of patients need help and then you can sort of do that so but i don't know what's happening in the show so i couldn't tell you um but there's also the other thing as well like if you do get to season oh past season 10 you can't do that by accident you simply can't do that in today's like tv climate uh i mean certain shows that should have lost longer that get cancelled just kind of don't make it and there's too much competition for tv so if you're not good enough and you don't you just don't get to that season by accident so um, yeah, these shows must have a fan base that watch it quite loyally, and again, you don't get those fans by accident as well, so, because you have to make a good TV show in the first place, so, there's that. Uh, what is the next question? Peter, what, uh, who, who do you see winning the streaming wars? Um, who do you think wins the streaming wars eventually? 
I'm not quite sure what his question is implying. So, like, a, you know, how, like, everybody's kind of getting, you know, Warner Brothers is getting a streaming service, and there's still Netflix, and HBO, and Amazon, and Hulu, and everybody else is kind of doing their own thing, and, like, DC Universe is reportedly struggling or whatever, and um, who do you see kind of winning that in, in the end, like, being more uh, successful? It's hard telling. I know Netflix has lost a lot of subscribers, because mm-hmm. the, the upper management keeps doing stupid shit. Um, like, I don't know if you've heard the latest one. Um, so, uh, Stranger Things season three is getting ready to drop. Yeah. And so they decided to take one of the stars from the show and give him his own show, which, you know, sounds great. And then there was a prank show, which is not great, but okay. You know, depending on what the prank is, it can be kind of funny. Right. But then it comes out that the prank is that they hire people who haven't been employed for a while to have jobs so they're going into this thinking oh this is great i've been unemployed for a while i finally got a job i can you know start paying off my bills this and this and this and then they just start fucking with them okay. like they're prank that and the job doesn't exist huh i didn't know anything about so this so. yeah i only it popped up on my radar from some youtuber that i watch there's a lot of news commentary hmm. and this article popped up and he's like wow this is a bad idea because you know that I mean, I work a normal, regular, quote-unquote, job, and I was unemployed, sort of, because an Uber driver, but I didn't have, like, a real job, job, job for about two years past that, mm-hmm. uh, prior to that, and if I had gotten into that job that I have now, and it turned out it was a fake job, and they were just messing with me, like some 16-year-old millionaire is just fucking with me for his own shits and giggles, I'd be suing I'm also surprised that people that are on the show haven't sued yet. Right. The strange thing is, in today's climate, some of those people will probably end up on, like, Big Brother. Yeah, that... And it'll be like, oh, we've yeah. got the person that was on the Netflix show that got pranked by whoever. <clears throat> I've maybe seen 15 total minutes of all seasons of Big Brother combined. Oh, I don't... That show just myself, does not so. have any appeal to me. No. I'm just saying that those people will probably end up on, like, reality stuff as well. So, like, MTV will probably mm-hmm. look at those people. And, uh... Yeah. Sort of thing, so. But, uh, back to the original question. I mean, I can understand DC struggling because, um, they have such a narrow focus with what they can stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Warner Brothers, and eventually it's going to become irrelevant because Disney's just going to buy everything anyway. I mean, they're yeah. on more of a bender spending spree than THQ is. Mm. Yeah. I I think the three that will come out on top, I don't think, like, you'll get many that fail necessarily, but I think the three that will come out on top will be Disney+, Plus, HBO, and Netflix. Because even though some people said, oh, Netflix haven't got, like, all the shows that they used to have or whatever the case may be, they're going to just continue to make stuff and there's going to be things that you're going to keep wanting to watch on there. So um. Yeah. And I guess technically I would go with Hulu just because they do do original content, but they're not dependent on it. Right. They have, uh, they have too good of a licensing stuff. deal. At least over here in the U.S., they have too good of a licensing deal with most of the broadcast uh, television shows. So they're a great portal site for catching up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you mean they get like catch-up episodes of, yep. of certain shows? Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to have as well. I think Amazon is kind of the UK version of that in a way, 
where like certain mm. box sets of things get added. But same thing happens to Netflix over here as well. Um, just as a record, we don't have Pulu over here, so um, it doesn't work the same way. But yeah, I think those will be the three that will come out on top: Disney, HBO, and Netflix. So um, I still think Hulu and Amazon will do very, very well. But I just think those will be the ones that kind of stick out a bit more. So mm-hmm. um, like uh, Universal, or whatever, are starting their own one or whatever, and um, Warner Brothers is apparently having their own one. I think the only way that the Warner Brothers one is going to work. <clears throat> Is if the DC universe goes away and those shows go onto the Warner Brothers thing, and then they can essentially just add, you know, have more stuff on there for that reason. See, I could so. totally see the uh, DC online and the Warner Brothers online just merging. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, like either some sort of merger or the shows go over there. So, um, what else do we have? Uh, Michaela says. Hugh, what, what do you think Google needs to do with Stadia in order to make sure it works? Um, I think it's just a problem of like, I was trying to, I'll give this as, a, as an example of like bandwidth, right? And this might just be the PSN messing about or whatever. As I was trying to download this Spider-Man uh, Far From Home VR thing, I was like, oh, I'll check out the trailer and try to see, you know, what does this thing look like? It just kept buffering, and I sometimes when I see something like that, or like when my Xbox is taking an hour or whatever to download a game, or um, you know, you, Netflix is maybe struggling for a few seconds or something. I think like, okay, this is video that I'm trying to stream that has already been recorded and is like ready to be played. Essentially, how would I play? How would I stream a game in real time? bandwidth wise I I don't know the the only other option is if they do find somewhere like hey you can still play on your tablet your computer uh, and Google um, is it called Chromecast that thing you can still play on all those services the service still works the same way we still have the controller but you can download the games as well I think that's really the only way it's gonna only because there'll be there'll be like a select few people around the world or select like bunch of audience around the world that will be able to use Stadia because they live in a good place where the internet's good and their internet itself is good as well um, but outside of that there's certain areas where I know that they really struggle internet wise and I just don't know how it's going to work in those in those areas so um, then what, what do you think Google needs to do? Uh, it's simple, nothing they can't the bandwidth issues are going to kill it yeah. just because most people don't have great bandwidth to begin with, um, and most people, well, not most people, but a lot of ISPs, if they don't have data caps now, they will implement them soon in the future. I did find an article uh, from Game Informer where they break down the numbers. Yeah. Uh, so let me find the paragraph here. Uh, Google says it can provide a steady 60 frames per second 4K stream with a bit rate of 35 megabits per second. That's a lot. That's the high end of the streaming requirements. Well, 1080p at 60 frame drops the bandwidth to 20 megabits, and 720, 60 frames per second requires 10 megabits. The way that math works out is that it takes almost 16 gigabits per hour of 4K streaming, 9 gigabits per hour at 1080p, and then 4.5 gigabits per hour at 720p, which means that at 65 hours of gaming, you will hit one terabyte. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I do maybe in like ten years or so, or maybe even later than that. There might be some technology that helps this to work because we get the idea. Like, hey, instead of waiting an hour to download this game, you can just stream it and start it straight away. But you just need the bandwidth. So, but well, if you have the bandwidth to do that kind of streaming, you've got the bandwidth to download it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, That's one so. of the things that when I moved to the apartment that I've got now and I got off the DSL and the super slow speed, mm-hmm. I can download – I downloaded uh, Red Dead 2 in just under an hour. That's pretty good. And that's a big-ass game. Yeah, that's pretty good. That was like over 100 megabytes, and that came, that went down quick. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see when Stadia comes out how well it works or doesn't work, so – uh, before we move on with the rest of the questions, let's take a quick break. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, the other stuff that we've been doing, uh, we've got a gaming podcast coming out, we just recorded that, it should be up around the same time that this is as well, might leave that until tomorrow actually, which will be the, the actual 27th of uh, June, so look out for those podcasts then, a um, couple of other Let's Plays which should be going up around the same time as well, uh, like I said, the, with the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home VR game, which you can download, there's also a Spider-Man Homecoming one, which is a bit more sort of standing still and shooting stuff. Uh, the Far From Home VR is when you're doing more swinging based stuff. Uh, did a let's play for the Far From Home one. Um, I could it, the PS4 wouldn't let me record gameplay for the Homecoming one. I don't know why. I couldn't stream on Twitch. I couldn't record off the PS4. I couldn't do anything like that. It was weird. So, but look out for those uh, tomorrow. And the other let's play is going to be for Ultra Wings uh, VR, which is a bit more of an arcadey sort of flight simulator esque. Type of game, so look out for that as well. Uh, three film reviews for Brightburn, Toy Story 4, and Child's Play. I'll of course be seeing Spider Man Far From Home next week because I don't know why I wouldn't because I love Spider Man and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but look out for that next week as well. But three, the three film reviews Brightburn, Toy Story 4, and uh, Child's Play, which is the reboot of the Chucky franchise. Uh, and it's voiced by Mark Hamill this time, which is pretty cool. A couple of series reviews, uh, spoiler filled for things that are finished uh, for The Big Bang Theory and for Fleabag. If you want to watch Fleabag, it's on Amazon in the States and International, I think. And for the UK, it's on BBC. should be on the BBC iPlayer unless they've taken it off. I think it's still on there, so you can check that out as well. Uh, And Big Bang Theory is obviously on CBS and E4. 
Uh, so you can check those out. Um, Classic Reviews has kind of is taking a break until the 21st of August, but this week's episode was for Season 2, Episode 5, and it was for The Terminator 2. And there's also an update podcast for why there won't be a podcast for Terminator 3, uh, which is a small, a small like, four-minute sort of podcast. It's just explaining the situation with that, but there should be a new Terminator out around October, and I'll hopefully be seeing that at the time as well. Uh, in a few months or whatever. Uh, first impressions video for Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel. Look out for that as well. And uh, yeah, the speaking of things that have been you know in the works for a while, for about three and a half years. Uh, the Scream season three trailer is finally out. It's going to be airing on uh, VH1, which is the sister kind of network for our MTV. And uh, that's going to be airing 9 p.m. Uh, on the 8th of uh, July. Uh, yes, the 8th, 8th of July on uh, on VH1 for season 3. It's finally out. It took three and a half years for them to... Not for them to make a season, but... Because uh, of all legal troubles and that sort of stuff. But I did a podcast talking about the whole journey of waiting for season 3, essentially. And all the stuff that kind of happened and surrounding that. So that's interesting as well. But now there's a lot of Happy Scream fans out there who are analysing the trailer. And all, all that sort of fun stuff. So you can check all that out as well. Um, I think that's all the stuff that we've been doing at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move back to the Q&A. What do we have next here? Uh, Harry says, what is the worst film you have both seen and what's the best film you've seen? I've got a, uh, an immediate answer for the worst film. I think the worst film I've seen is The Shining. Um, I remember, you because you I did a classic reviews for that last season, you can go check that out if you want more detail as to why I didn't like it, but... I I just yeah yeah there's more reasons as to why I didn't like that film but um I thought it was pretty awful so um that's out there as well uh what about you what's the worst film you think you've maybe seen easily no contest hands down Super Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers it was I haven't seen that so I I couldn't yeah it was it was a movie that they got good stars for it they got uh. Uh, Bob Hoskins, they got John Leguizamo. I mean, these are big-time stars. Mm-hmm. But it was the first real attempt to translate a video game into a movie, and it is a clusterfuck shit show. Oh, my God. It, they had no idea what to do with the concept of a plumber, you know, jumping through pipes, crushing bricks, and uh, squashing on mushrooms that have come to life. It... <coughs> And it shows. Man, does it show. I would not wish that movie on my worst enemy. Interesting. Cool. What's the, uh, what do you think the best film you've seen? <clears throat> Hard telling, just because I can like a movie for a lot of different reasons. I don't even have to like the movie. I can appreciate what it was trying to do. Um, i trying to think of a good example of that. Um... Brain doesn't want to work right now. Hmm. Uh, oh, Boondog Saints. Okay. Uh, not a great movie if you measure it up to like classical movie standards. I mean, it's a super low budget. It's a super indie film, but it was an attempt to kind of redefine the anti-hero movie concept. Um, the basic premise of it, of it is is there's two brothers living in the Irish part of Boston. And they accidentally, well, they have to kill two people, but it was very clearly in self-defense. And so they kind of get like a a hero's welcome, you know, and a hero's commendation for living and for killing two very bad people. 
And so they kind of stumble into becoming vigilantes. Okay. But but not in like a Punisher kind of a way, more of uh, um, Three Stooges or uh, what's the, the fat dude and the skinny dude back from like the early 20s? Uh, you wouldn't know that. I don't know why I'm asking that. <laughs> uh, Laurel and Hardy, that's it. Okay. Um, but it, it's like vigilantes, but more of like a Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy kind of a way. Which, if you don't know who those characters are, that statement is going to make no sense whatsoever. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but it's it was a unique concept, and it, and it's very young. Uh, um, uh, Daryl from The Walking Dead, whose name I can't think of. Oh, Norman Norman uh, Reedus. Norman Reedus, yeah, very young Norman Reedus. So, if nothing hmm. else, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, uh, you can watch that movie uh, just for Norman Reedus, because he's in like his full thick Irish accent. Nice. Nice. Uh, best film for me. Um, I mean, all of the Toy Stories. I I, I was having this d- debate with someone like, okay, what? How do you rank the Toy Stories? Because I mean, I've seen Toy Story four. Obviously, I won't spoil it here. Um, I I can't look at any of them and say like I could rank them. Okay, this one's best. Then this one's best. Then this one's best. And then that one. But I can't point at one of them and say this is the worst one, um, or this one's bad for any. There's there's nothing from them, at least off the top of my head, that I can look at and say that was a bad part of the Toy Story film, um, and that just comes with like just taking care of your product, I suppose, and like not milking the cow, not doing any of that sort of stuff. And um, sure, some people feel like oh, you know, Toy Story four is a cash cow, that sort of thing. By the way, it really isn't because it's it's a great film. Um, I mean, it took them nine nine years from Toy Story three to four. It's not like they rushed out a new one or anything. So, um, but if I was to pick, I guess if I was to pick one from that, it would be either the first or the second one. The first one will always be quite special. Obviously, it was, it's the original thing and it kicked it all off. Uh, I really do like Toy Story two a lot, though. Um, the interesting thing, the only kind of difference between them is like. You know, because in the, well, spoilers for films that came out a long time ago. In the first one, it's like okay, Buzz gets like kicked out of the the roof, and they have to look for him. And then the second one is, and uh, Woody gets kidnapped, and they have to look for look look for him. So it's the same kind of thing of like you're looking for the character, like where where did Buzz go and where did Woody go in the first and the second. But it's kind of a switch between the roles and like the same filming away because they're still looking for the characters but you're going to new locations there's new characters and and all that sort of thing um toy story 3 is obviously special because of andy reasons and number four is special because of other spoilery reasons um but if i was just to cheat and say the toy story franchise i think that's a pretty good answer so yeah i'm uh, a big fan of the toy story franchise i have not seen four yet but i am going to see it soon i am curious are you have you seen the clip that they made to uh, sell Tom Hanks on the concept of being a voice actor for a cartoon? No, I haven't, I haven't seen that. What's that it? was in one of the early documentaries that they did about that. They took uh, his audio from a movie he did called Turner and Hooch, okay. where he's a cop in a small town, and he has a dog that's a witness to a crime, and he has to take care of the dog to figure out how to solve the crime. Hmm. And so they took this scene from the movie where it's a big big slobbery mastiff kind of looking bulldog just devouring his car just like eating it in spite and so they took all of tom hanks's audio and then compiled woody in that scene not in like in the actual scene with like the car and the dog and everything just woody just 
animation and then the audio of that. Hmm. And they showed that to Tom Hanks, and they said, this is what we want to do. Because you got to remember, when the first Toy Story movie came out, they didn't do a whole lot of voiceovers for computer animation, at least no. not for movies. No. And so that was a fairly unique concept. And Tom Hanks has been a huge star for, God, almost as long as I've been around. Yeah, long time. Um, and so they asked him to do that, and he didn't say no. He just said, I don't understand this. And so they ran this comp, you know, they uh, wrote the animation, they did the animation, they compiled and the audio track is like, this is what we're wanting to do. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. Now I'm in. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to before about like, okay, Spider-Man, childhood nostalgia, Crash, childhood nostalgia. Toy Story is at the top of that list. Where like, you know, I was I was a year old when, uh, I, was in, I think it was 1995. I'd be quite disappointed if I, if I got that wrong. Um, I was like a year or two old at the time. And like, yeah, that, that was, that, that, that going back to like the start of well, pretty much the start of my life I guess so um and it's cool to you know 25 years later or however many years later uh we get a new one so it's pretty cool um but yeah that's absolutely the answer that I'd pick The Shining for the worst and just the Toy Story franchise for the best so Kaylee uh Matt has said multiple times that video games should be uh, done with TV instead of uh movies how does Robert feel about this? And seeing as Matt has mentioned it so many times, what games does he want adapted? Uh, so let's go to the first question. What's, um, what do you think of like adapting video games to TV instead of films? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that because that's something that, like I said earlier, um, with the, uh, the dollhouse answer, um, you, you get more time, you get more structure, mm. you get more chance to set up the world or explore the world that you're in. So, yeah, I think not exclusively. I mean, there's some things that special effects-wise should be on a giant budget, you know, on a giant screen. But we're getting to the point now to where that's kind of irrelevant. I mean, we're starting to reach the point to the ubiquitousness of people having large TVs. I mean, I've got a 43-inch TV, but there's, you know, 65, 70-inch TVs that are not that expensive. I mean, they're not cheap. I'm not saying they're remotely cheap. But compared to what you would pay for the same kind of TV, size-wise, regardless of the resolution, even five years ago, mm-hmm. prices come down a lot. I yeah. mean, you can get a good quality 60-ish size inch TV for under $1,000. And again, $1,000 is, you know, it's a money. It's money. It's just not an insignificant amount of money. Right. But I remember back in the day, and this is way past your time, uh, the uh-huh. original top-loading VHS players that had a corded remote. This is before they you know, invested the extra money to have a cordless remote. A corded remote top-loading VHS player was $1,500. Hmm. I worked at an electronics store when the first run of LCD monitors came out at 15 inches, and they were $1,800. So, I mean, and that's just the movement of technology to make everything smaller, thinner, better, more higher quality. Yeah. Um, you know, I give it another five years before we start to seeing like the the super flat thing and just stick it up on the wall with, like post it notes and thumbtacks or whatever, <laughs> kind of a TV. Mm. Um, and it's not that expensive to have a home theater in your house. So with Netflix and Amazon and all the other companies streaming their own content, they're starting to get to the budget. I mean, Netflix and Amazon will always have that because Amazon has all the Amazon money on the back end. And then Netflix has all the Netflix money on the back end. Um, 
And so past that, it just really kind of depends on, you know, what companies want to cough up the dough. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what video game would I want? Uh, I mean, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to The Witcher, and that's one where, like, okay, you kind of need a fairly decent budget, and Netflix has that, and they cast Henry Cavill. He's great and everything. Um, I'd like to see a well-done made, like, Crash Bandicoot animated series, or, um, because that could be, like, a 20-minute, you know, fun, just kind of, what's Crash up to this week. In terms of other ones, I mean, we talked in our gaming podcast about PlayStation taking some of their original properties and, uh, doing TV shows from those, so, like, God of War, Uncharted and stuff. I definitely think that those could fit in really well as well, so... Uh, any of those, um, like if you have like a big budget sort of like Horizon Zero Dawn type TV show, that could be pretty, pretty good. Something that's like big enough scale to where you could get something cool out of it. So, but those are kind of the ones that I'd look at. Um, Lance says, uh, Robert has said before about his barrier to entry with certain prices for certain TV shows with different subscriptions. How do you see uh, streaming services uh, adapting price-wise? So you said, because I've said before, um, it's it's clear to me before we even had the conversation about the comparing TV podcast that TV in the in the UK is a lot cheaper than what it is in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least from what I can see and from what I've got and stuff like that. And like how much people can pay for HBO and Netflix and all that sort of stuff. Um, how, do, how do you see companies like looking at... Um, People with slightly less money, I suppose, that like don't want to cough up more money for different streaming services, because it's gonna uh, get well, it's gonna get to that point, I suppose. Yeah, well, so I mean that's them. the that's the beauty, really, of a competition based uh, economy is mm. that there's always a way. Like when uh, Netflix announced that it was raising its prices, Hulu announced that they were dropping theirs. <laughs> now they haven't shown any kind of numbers as to how much the switch stopped if the, you know if one person dropped netflix in order to pick up hulu but if somebody had neither subscription and they were thinking about it and kind of on the fence of getting one and they pull up a news article and this is oh this one's getting more expensive this is getting less expensive you know it's not that inconceivable to think that they did pick up a few sales of subscriptions for hulu just because they said we're dropping our prices um, but past that, really, the biggest thing is always going to be content. I mean, mm. You can be the cheapest price, you can be the most expensive price, but if you get value for what you're giving people, that's always going to drive content. Um, Hulu, which I have a subscription to, has value for me because I don't have cable. So I can only get broadcast channels, and I can't always get them consistently. Mm-hmm. But with the exception of stuff that comes out through CBS... I can always find it on Hulu. Um, Netflix is starting to wane in its value for what I'm paying for it. A couple good shows get announced, and then they announce a couple of things on the back end, which was like, yeah, I don't want to really support that. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence. I haven't canceled my Netflix subscription yet, uh, but if I had to cancel something in an extreme to save money, that would be one of the first things to go. Mm-hmm. Would you like? Uh, would you do like a drop in, drop out situation where like, okay, there's nothing for the next two months, so you'd cancel for two months, and then like a, a season for something comes out, like just for random example, The Witcher comes out yeah. or something. You you jump in, you watch it, and then you cancel again. Would you like switch it more to to that sort of thing? Like I guess I 
I guess that's what people could do in the future. Like, oh, I'm already paying for a bunch of stuff. Okay, I'm not going to watch uh, Amazon this month. So I'm going to count. Well, I guess Amazon has Prime or whatever. I'm not going to watch I, uh, Hulu this month. And they could drop that or, or something. So I actually already did that because Hulu has add-on services for what's considered premium cable channels like HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they usually offer like a seven-day free trial. So I waited for the last episode of Game of Thrones for Season 8 to drop, did my seven-day free trial, binged the whole season in a week, canceled the free trial. So I got to see all of Season 8 inside of a week and didn't have to pay for it. Mm. Now, I can't do that again, obviously, right? uh, because I already did my free trial. But I could easily, you know, add it for a month for, and it's not cheap. Too, it's fifteen bucks a month. But then, if I just got HBO as a standalone service, it'd be the same price. Mm. But you know, that's one of those things where I could easily do a month and then not do the rest of the next month or the rest of it. So, yeah, I mean, for like the UK, things aren't going to really change that much. Um, it depends what Disney Plus does. Uh, they say that oh, we're going to be adding to other countries later. Or, like, when you have Mandalorian come out day one and the UK viewers want to see that, they're either going to watch it on Disney Plus or on Netflix or wherever it goes. I mean, I don't imagine they'll end up on Netflix given their relationship with Disney. Um, like, if it ends up on, like, Amazon or something, you either put it on a streaming service or people are just going to find it online somewhere. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's a big Star Wars thing. Like, it's not something that people are going to go, oh, I can wait on that. And then, like, in two weeks, their friend from work who... Uh, or whatever their American friend has, has has seen it, and that something gets something gets spoiled online or something like that, you know. Uh, or their American friend says, "Oh, you know, um, it's really amazing and all that sort of stuff," and it kind of pushes you to want to watch it. I, I don't know. It's like it depends on the on the properties and stuff. But do you get what I mean? Like something that big drops day one, and you're gonna want to see it. So, what are your mm-hmm. options? Um, and it's up to the people releasing these things to make better options. So. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, I suppose that was more of a specific question for you because the US TV is so much more, yeah, so mm-hmm. much more expensive. I suppose so. Um, what else do we have? Bethany, we got two questions left, by the way. Uh, Bethany, you you released uh, your segment called uh, "Discussing the State of the DCEU" as a uh, podcast once. Remember when we like broke into that conversation about the DCEU because we were talking about Ubisoft's. Mm-hmm. Uh, streaming service and we talked about um, six months DVD and then we ended up on the DCEU stuff uh, as a podcast once even outside the movies how do you see both Marvel and DC doing in about five to ten years um, more Marvel's in a much better position right now um, but the thing is is like okay so DC does have a DCEU but it's nowhere near as successful as the MCU but the Marvel doesn't have an Arrowverse at the moment, like a TV universe, really. Like, they have Cloak and Dagger and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and some other shows, but they don't have, like, any sort of continuous built-in universe. They had that kind of with Defenders, which may or may not end up where, uh, elsewhere, but it's not had a continuous, like, built-in universe thing like the Arrowverse has for, for several years. So they've kind of like... The, for me, DC's got the TV side and Marvel's got the film side. And then games, I suppose, you've got Spider-Man and Batman. So, um, I don't know. How, how do you think they'll both do in five to ten years, roughly? Uh, it's hard telling. Just because with Endgame and then obviously Spider-Man Homecoming coming out next week over here in the U.S., 
Um, that pretty much wraps up everything that they've had planned up to this point in terms of these are our big goals. And they've hit those goals hard. But, you know, obviously in terms of, you know, they want to keep everything under wraps and they don't want to, you know, jump ahead too much. We know virtually nothing of the upcoming next uh, phase four outside of the fact that we know we're going to get a Black Widow movie. Right. Um, some set photos have already been sent out. Um, so there's already speculation on who's in it and then what. We don't know much. We know we're probably going to get another Doctor Strange movie. We know we probably are going to get another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yep. Um, hard telling, cause, just because we don't know. Because we don't know what movies are coming out. We don't know what theme they're going to run with. So it's hard to say with the DCE, with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, with the DCEU, it's also hard to know because they don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, then we did one team-up movie, and then we got our big compilation movie, and then we got a couple individual movies of mm-hmm. our uh, origin stories, basically. That technically weren't even well. Wonder Woman was basically an origin story, and then Aquaman kind of was and kind of wasn't at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, some set photos from Wonder Woman 1984 released, so that'll be a big hit. Hopefully, I mean the first movie was really good, um, so I'm hoping that they keep the same uh, you know concepts of what made that movie great uh, to the second film. Uh, you never know until you see the film. But then we don't know what they're doing with it. I mean, I think the James Gunn Suicide Squad is another reboot. They're literally just rebooting a yeah. franchise they just initially launched. Uh, we're getting Robert Pattinson as Batman, so that's going to be essentially in a Batman reboot in an existing DCEU, even assuming that it is an existing DCEU. Or it could be like a continuation. It could be like they could jump into the future and do a Batman Beyond, for all we know. Which actually would kind of be interesting. I'd kind yeah. of be into seeing that. Yeah. Did you ever see the Batman Beyond cartoon show? I didn't. No. No. I was, it was a short-run show. I think it won like two or three seasons. It's basically, you know, this character who's completely unrelated to Batman discovers who Batman is, but Batman's like 90 and like super old. And he right. basically just takes up the mantle of Batman. And then it's basically, you know, and it's set in the future, so there's a whole bunch of weird shit. And since it's a cartoon, they can do the whole bunch of weird shit really easy. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't terrible. Hmm. Okay. I think that, yeah, so in terms of TV and film, I think, you know, DC for TV and Marvel for, for films. Um, The thing is, even though... It feels like, you know, DC kind of got started with Man of Steel, and then, like, they're trying to sort of start again, but in the middle of already starting. Do you know what I mean? Like, they Mm -hmm. started, and then they're trying to start again when they're still starting. Um, See, I I don't like to sort of... I I mean, it's more of a funny thing for me when I talk about the DCU, because, like, I want the films and stuff to be better i want them to be more successful but this just not the case at the moment it's just not currently what's happening uh i'm still very excited for the batman because i'm dying for a batman film um because i like that character and we don't really have much of it at the moment um suicide squad i I have no idea what they're gonna do with that but it just feels like okay you had shazam you had aquaman which were apparently both good I, I don't know if I'll ever watch those films or whatever. I would recommend 
at least seeing Shazam because it's totally, it's completely different from all the other stuff they've done so far. Mm -hmm. It's wacky and silly and funny. And Zachary Levi is just amazing in it. It's an absolute watch. I I think the thing for me is they said like, Oh, the Batman may or may not be connected to suicide squad may or may not be connected. You're either building a connected universe or you're not just pick one or the other. Like, I don't want to see the Batman in two years and like, there's a hint to Superman, and then that's it. And it's like, okay, is that Henry Cavill Superman? Is Henry Cavill even still Superman? What's what's like going on? Make make your mind up. You're either trying to compete with MCU and you're making a a, a universe, or you're doing solo films that are are disconnected. I don't want to. I don't want it to be like, okay, um, you know, Harley Quinn's in this uh, Suicide Squad, but like she's forgotten things from before or whatever, like. Just, just make your mind up on what... Otherwise, they might end up even more lost than what they are now. Because when they have come out with the Batman 2 and they try and tie that in and say, like, all oh, the events of the first one were connected to the universe, but we didn't tell you that at the time because we didn't know if we wanted to or not. It's It, it just becomes even more of a mess of what it already is. So it, it's up to them what they want to do. But I'd prefer it to, you know, just, just go for a connected universe and have solo films to build up to it and then do another Justice League. Or just... Don't call it Justice League 2. Just release it as Justice League in in several years when you've done when you've done a solo Batman film, when you've done another um, you know cyborg film or whatever, or whatever you're doing with the Flash. It's, it's I, I don't know. It just seems like a big mess to me at the moment. I don't know what they're doing. So, um, but I, I'd like them to improve and to get better. I'd like to care more about DC films. So. Because um, the other thing is, even though like I sort of looked at Aquaman and Shazam, I thought, okay, you might be good, but does it matter to me? And it sort of didn't, so I just skipped both of the films. So yeah, I mean, in terms of the connected universe, um, Aquaman kind of does a little bit, just because it continues where his story left leaves off in Justice League. Um, <coughs> Shazam is connected to the universe, but I'm not going to spoil how because it's kind of a cool scene. Okay. Um, I mean, they did a little bit of it with some of the things, like they had the Batarang in the uh, trailer. Um, and I don't know if you saw that trailer, but that was such... And it goes back to the tonal thing. It's such a funny moment that they showed in the trailer, so this is not a spoiler. Uh, there's a scene where Zach Ridley is fighting the bad guy, and he says, help me, Batman, and he picks up a you know four-foot-tall Batman statue and throws it at the bad guy, which is all fucking hilarious. Okay, that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole tone of the movie. I mean, it does have some serious things to it, but they're serious in not like a darky, broody kind of a way, more of a mm-hmm. a sitcom serious level to where it's serious, but they're going to deal, deal with it like adults. So, I guess my connection question would be like, okay, he's picked up this statue. Is that for the Batman in this universe, or is that just a, a Batman-like and then you, and then you. Get that would kind of have to spoil the good moments. Right. So I'm not going to. No, I'm say just anything. randomly like asking or whatever. But, oh yeah. And then there's the question of like, okay, if that was meant to be Ben Affleck's Batman, and now you're casting a younger one, and how does that work? And I don't know. So. <laughs> um, oh no, I totally get it. I mean, I, I completely understand because Marvel did it right the first time. They had each individual film, and they had enough of the backstory from the first film into the second film to tie the universe, but didn't make it completely dependent. And so by the time they got to Avengers, they didn't have to recap any stories because everybody knew all the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I get confused when DC fans say, like, oh, where's Justice League 2? Where's half of the Justice League? Like, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. So, 
Joseph says, hey, Matt, um, now that... So this is the gaming talk question that I've moved over to here because it's a Q&A thing. So, uh, hey, Matt, now that the CTR remake is out, what do you think will happen with Spyro and Crash as Activision is obviously going to keep the games... Uh, keep the games around. Also, since I uh, didn't want to leave Robert out of the question, what does he think uh, will happen? But what are his favourite platformer characters? So, who do you uh, look to for your uh, platformers characters? Uh, well, right now, the platformer that I've been playing the most is Dead Cells. It's a really good Metroidvania style kind of a platformer. Um, I mean, those are the games that I grew up and cut my teeth on. I mean, Super Mario Brothers. Ugh don't even know how many hours of that game i played um or that franchise that i played for that matter mm-hmm. uh past that it's kind of hard to get a good platformer in our modern you know 3d graphics thing because everybody kind of wants to revert to that and then the ones that kind of shake themselves out of the roguelites which for the most part i'm not a fan of um so you got games like uh rogue legacy and shovel knight which i've played both of those they just never really clicked with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but past that, you know, I'm just still of the opinion of, you know, make a good game and I'll play it. Doesn't matter what really genre it is. Even if I suck at it, I'll play it. I mean, I suck at shooters, but I'll still play them from time to time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, in terms of uh, essentially Crash and Spyro's future, now that you've done all the remakes that are relevant, because we don't want a Twin Sanity or a Crash Bash remaster, there's just just, just, just don't do that. Don't bother. Um, I think what they're going to maybe do, because they've remastered the Spyro trilogy, they've remastered the Crash trilogy, and not only have they remastered the Crash Team Racing trilogy, but Spyro is going to be added to that, I believe, as also a playable character. Um, so you've pretty much covered all your bases in, in terms of all that stuff. I think now it's just the case of maybe every other year they like swap them around. So let's say just for a no random example, 2021 we get a Crash game. 2022 we get a spiral game and then they take turns every year um because in terms of making like too many platformer games i mean how many super mario games have there been like there's there's not i guess an excuse of okay you've made your eighth crash bandicoot game there's too many because there's been how many mario games um and i think that'd be good for activision like if you can uh because you've got Beanox, you've got uh Toys for Bob and you got Vicarious Visions like one can help the other I guess and they can kind of take turns and, and make the game plus then you get two years of development cycle instead of one year and you can you can add more stuff and, and that sort of thing um, and that would be a pretty good way to do it so I think that's what they should they, that's what they should do in the future and I think what you could get is if you get a, a either a Spyro or a Crash announcement next year for a game coming out in 2021 so if they take another year because it's June now if they take another year, and then let's say June 2020 for E3, you announce a new Crash or Spyro game, which comes out the next year, and then within that year, you can spend another year on the game that's going to come out after that. So, uh, does that all make sense? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if they like ro- do rotation years. A bit like, not quite the same length of cycle, but a bit like what Activision does with Call of Duty, because they have, what, Respawn... Uh... I can't remember the other names because I I don't follow those games. But... Yeah, but they have they have three studios. Yeah, and those studios basically take three years to make a game. Yeah, but then that lets them cycle a game every year without you know turning out buggy crap. <laughs> yeah, because then you still get a Call of Duty every year, but it's from different ones. But that's every three years, so that's probably what you could do. And that, I'd be happy if they if they did that as well. So, um, what about you? What do you think they Activision could do with Crash and Spyro? 
see, I've never really played the franchises, so I wouldn't know what they could do with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just not a question. I've got the background to answer. Yeah. Um, I think what you could also do, maybe once every three or four years, you could potentially do a crossover game as well, uh, where you put them both in and maybe you change over between them, or I don't know how that would work, but a lot of fans have been asking for that as well. So if you like made that game in the background as well, and you could have that every three or four years, kind of rotate that as well, um, you could maybe do one of those every, every so often. So we'll see what they decide to do. But that's all the Q&A questions we got. Thank you all very much for uh, sending those in. Uh, we are very much open to doing a Q&A number two, I suppose you'd call it, because this is Q&A one. Um, I don't know category-wise or feed-wise where to put I think I'm going to put this in all the feeds, just so that everybody who's subscribed to any of the feeds is kind of alert of uh, that, that we're doing these things. Um, but if you search for... I've put the tag Q&A in the, the tags as well, so if you search for Q&A on the website, you should be able to find them in the future as well. Um, that was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that quite a lot. How about you? Yeah, and uh, I'd love it, you know, expanded outside of things we do for podcasts. You know, ask the most random question you can think of. Sure. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. so it doesn't, eh, doesn't just have to be uh, pop culture based. Uh, it could be behind the scenes entertainment talk stuff, you know, from what I'm willing to answer or whatever. Any personal stuff, again, from what we're willing to, to answer in that. Um, yeah, any kind of Q&A questions is, is kind of cool. So... Uh, thank you all very much for listening. I don't know when we'll do another one. It depends on when we get more questions, obviously. Uh, but when we get some more questions, we'll try and arrange another podcast and we'll take things from there. But if you want to find the rest of the content, it's on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to support the podcast, support and story, if you want to send in those questions, I should tell you how you can do that. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's the contact page, which has got all the options for how you can, how you can submit questions, comments. All those sorts of things. There's also information in your show notes. All that stuff should be in there as well. Uh, so yeah, contact page, Matthew at EntertainmentTool.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, and information in your show notes. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. We've also got an Amazon affiliate link. You can use that. We'll get a small cut. It won't cost you extra. Uh, iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those. If you don't want to review the feed, you can just rate it as well. Uh, but make sure to stay, stay, stay subscribed. Uh, so that you get sent the new episodes and everything. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, but put them in different Facebook groups. All that good stuff. If you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch. Robert streams on Mixer. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>